something okay for example if i'm working out and it's really like a really difficult workout in my head i'm like i gave birth bro and i'm fine <laughs> always hi welcome to overshare a show where i interview creatives i admire about the struggles of being a creative professional i'm your host justin genak and i'm also the co-founder and ceo of working not working now it has been wow almost a year and a half since we've released uh, the last episode of season two uh, and it's been a long time coming we really appreciate everyone who's reached out during the break and asked when the show was coming back and it was really nice to hear that enthusiasm for what we're doing it definitely made us want to want to get more episodes out now the whole point of overshare is to get past the highlights that people talk about on stage at conferences and get past those perfectly curated instagram feeds and then our team looked at our own Instagram feed for Overshare, at Overshare Talks, and it was kind of the opposite of that. It was clean black and white photos, very serious, very, uh, you know, cleanly designed and not really true to the brand. So our team, Gabby D'Amato and Eugene Ong and myself went through and just shook the whole thing up. Uh, if you can go through our Instagram now and check out, it's very, uh, the new branding for this episode is very collage -y. The brief was anti-Marie Kondo, and we just wanted to make some mistakes and, and get past trying to, to be perfect with the design or the aesthetic. And we're just th turning on some music, making some collages, uh, and having some fun with it. And so we hope you enjoy it. It definitely feels more in the spirit of what the show is and how the interviews go and the personality of these conversations. Uh, and so we're really excited to get things going and have the, this new branding you know, come to life throughout the season. Now, I usually script this intro uh, because I was nervous about what I was saying. But this time I'm going to try to do the podcaster thing and just riff the podcaster babble and so we'll, we'll see I, I i don't know i i i feel like i don't experience imposter syndrome in my career at all but with this i'm definitely feeling it uh i, I just had a conversation with a call with andy j miller who is the incredible incredible host of creative pep talk so if you don't listen to that you should go check that out it's uh, one of my favorite podcasts about creativity and Andy can go on for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, giving you a creative pep talk about whatever topic. And I've always been so impressed with that and the, the, the clarity and the sincerity that he comes through, uh, that comes through when he's talking and, and, and doing his show. That's been, I, I have a lot of admiration for it. So I'm gonna try to chat a little bit here. Uh, you know, not gonna go on too long because we really wanna get into the episode, uh, but we've, we've spent the last 18 months not completely ignoring this topic of talking about struggles. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I started something called Talking Not Talking. And it was born out of Overshare, where at the end of the live shows where we do a Q&A session with the audience, people would ask really vulnerable questions. And it seemed like there was something we needed to talk about. So I sent an invite out to the Working Not Working community and said, hey, I don't know if anyone's going to be into this, but would if you're, if you're at all interested, uh, you can come, we'll sit around in a circle and talk about what we're struggling with right now. And I was shocked that, you know, the event was free, but I was shocked that it sold out in 10 minutes and we had a waiting list of 70 people. And it was really powerful. 
and sitting around in a circle, hearing other creatives talk about their struggles, whether it's with imposter syndrome or creative insecurity or just being really fucking lonely working from home all the time. And the overwhelming feedback has been that you realize that you're not as fucked up and special as you think you are. Everyone's going through this and everyone's going through these same struggles. And so we've been doing this support group, Talking Not Talking, every month, uh, usually like the second Tuesday after work. And each time it's a different theme. Uh, this month's theme is worth, um, worth on tripping over my words. Uh, this month's theme is worth. And it's just been really, really powerful. And it's been so powerful that we've expanded to other cities. It's now in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. And we've even started doing online huddles uh, that are kind of like talking, not talking, but they're hosted by Tina Smaker, who's an amazing coach. And she writes a column on Working Not Working magazine called Asking Not Asking that you should also check out. Uh, but it's nice to be able to bring it online and bring it to more people who can't necessarily come to our events in you know, just New York, LA, and San Francisco. Now, let's talk about this episode. We are releasing it on International Women's Day, and we thought it would be very appropriate to have Shauna X as our first guest to kick us off. And Shauna doesn't like labeling herself, but she dabbles in many things as an artist, illustrator, designer, uh, creative person, creative soul. And she has gone through some changes in the past couple of years. She had a baby. and. I know a lot of people have babies and a lot of creative people have babies, but it's not very often that you see creative women who have children and really incorporate the pregnancy and the childbirth and everything that comes along with it after into their work. And that's exactly what Shauna did. Her work was always trippy and beautiful and curvy and sexy. And when she became pregnant, she started her illustration style, uh, started telling the story of her pregnancy and how her body was changing and the effect it had on her. And when she had a kid, uh, she started doing work about breastfeeding and about leaking and, and all of the things, uh, the, real, the real things that come along with uh, being a parent and being specifically being a mother. And so I've always been just impressed with her courage. I saw her give her an incredible talk at Us By Night in Antwerp uh, in the fall. And it just seeing that made me really want to have her on this show and have this conversation. So. If you don't know Shauna, she's done work, incredible work for clients like The New Yorker, The Guardian. She did the branding for 29 rooms for Refinery29. She's done sculptures and installations for the Museum of Pizza and designed cars for Squarespace, volleyball courts for the U.S. women's volleyball team, and on and on and on. Uh, so in this episode, you will learn that doing CrossFit while pregnant is probably not the best way to train for childbirth. And also how having doubt and self-sabotaging your work and maybe your sanity with that doubt, it can be a valuable part of the creative process. Uh, so this is uh, a conversation I was really excited to have and it did not disappoint. I, I hope you enjoy it. I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, so please, uh, wait, I know you enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it. And I was going to say, please enjoy. Anyway, please enjoy this conversation with Sean X. Drum roll. Hi, Shauna. Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> like, we've just been sitting here setting <laughs> up, and now I'm like, all right, cool, let's record this. Yes. Um, well, uh, very, exci- very excited to have you here. It's the first episode of the new season. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Long awaited. It's been, I don't know, almost a year and a half since we've had an episode out. So uh, we, got, we got a lot coming, but I'm excited to have you kicking us off. Um, but we're trying something new. 
Uh, so to start this, um, I always have, like having warm up questions. So okay. I'm doing uh, five random questions from a random receptacle. Great. Um, and so today's receptacle is this black hat, but it's not just a black hat. It's an Adam JK. Ooh, shout out Adam. It says, I literally do not know what I'm doing. Um, and Adam was on last season of Overshare. Overshare. So I'm going to put a bunch of random questions in here uh, to get us started. And you're going to pick five and you're going to answer oh one at gosh. a time. All right. <sighs> this is uh, so exciting. To fo- follow my intuition. New segments. All right. Let's Should start I go with that first? one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite movie as a kid? Um, Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. Why Because like- it was the only ethnic, like, animated character I remember seeing when I was a kid. And she was in the wild and she jumped off a waterfall. She was beautiful. And she sang Colors of the Wind. I That's loved her. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Second. Ooh. It's question number it- two. It's a long this is one. a long question. If you could steal one piece of art to hang in your home, what would it be? This is hard. Um, I think I would just honestly, this is like so mainstream. I want to do it just almost like ironically have this in my home, but it's like a Jeff Koons, that stupid balloon dog. <laughs> I just want that. So people come in, they see it. I'm like, yeah, I stole this. Yeah. Just to tell them that I stole it. Also, it's not like stealing yeah. a little painting. It's like a huge sculpture. That's Thousands all I want. Thousands of pounds. I want that to just be in the living room. And then you can you come know? up with like, well, where you would have to steal it from a museum yeah. or maybe like an outdoor space. I want to do it from, what is that one car? Wasn't there like a car place that it sits in? There's like know. a big reception area. They have area. a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I just want to steal it from like a random lobby. <laughs> okay, so if anybody knows how to yeah. steal a Jeff Koons, yeah. uh, Shauna's in. Just to have one. Just to have one, yeah. Why not? Okay, question number three. If you had to rename yourself, what name would you go with? Um, I actually think about this quite a bit because really? Shauna was actually a name given to me when I was eight. So my Chinese name is Xiaoyun, and I never went with that. Uh-huh. But it means summer grass. So I was like, should I just name myself Grass or Summer? <laughs> like, what are these names that's like... Have you ever thought of going back to it? Um, No, because it's not my identity anymore. Right. It's interesting how that goes. And, and you had that, you were using that name until you were eight. Yeah. Your actual name. Yeah, yeah. it was like a very formal name. And then my English tutor was like, it sounds like Shauna. <laughs> And I was that's like, so, okay, I'll take it. That's so heartbreaking, though. Yeah. And I, I've talked to a lot of friends about that. That's how it goes. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, it's a Pong Zoo, his story of, like, every day for, like, two months, he introduced himself to his roommate as, uh, hello, my name is Philip. What? That nice, is a very... It, hello, my name is Philip. Yeah. Nice to meet you. And that's the only <laughs> English he knew. And so he just would repeat that every morning to his roommate and wow. everyone he met. And I was just like... So heartbreaking that, like, and I'm, you know, it's nice that he went back to Zapong. I'm going to start calling yeah. him that, though. Hey, Philip? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he would love it. <laughs> uh, okay. Question okay, four. next question. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, since I've become a mom, I've been watching trash television. Uh, what's your definition of trash like, television? Like, love is blind. <laughs> Wait, is this the Netflix It just Netflix came one? out. Okay. Love Island, all that shitty, trashy television okay. I, that I, I used to hate. I was like, I would never watch a second of this. It would rot you're my an brain. intellectual, yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? This is really, like, mindless. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Wait, so that's the one, the new Netflix one, where they're behind a screen and they yeah. can talk, but they, they can't see each other and they fall in and love. And they get married. <laughs> they get engaged. They get yeah. married. Yeah. Their families don't they like they meet their parents. Different. Oh, my God. It's all within a month or something like that. Oh, it's, it's going to be so terribly. Ridiculous. It's also like insane. They put human emotion like that on 
display as entertainment. It, that's something I think about. If it's too. real human emotion, it might also I think, be actors. I think it could. Yeah. That's I don't know. I can't tell. Yeah, that looks but. pretty great. My my guilty pleasure right now is the greatest television show ever made, Mass Singer. I'm not. Oh, oh yes. Oh my god, it's so good. I it's heard so that. Stupid. I heard that. It's so good. And it's like a celebrity behind. Yeah, like Lil Wayne was the first one this season. Yeah. Which now, like listening back, I'm like, how did I not get that? But uh, anyway, that show is amazing. Everyone, we should have a watch party. Last one. I'm down. From the random questions. What was your favorite food as a kid? Um, I loved Happy Meals from McDonald's. Really? Yeah, I guess we all kind of did, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, I want a toy. Toy, chicken nuggets. Yeah, I just it was really simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you but- talk a, in your work. You have a lot about food. Yeah, well, I grew up with Chinese food, but it's like my common familiar food you get at home anytime, any day. So of course, I wanted like the shittiest fries and burgers and right. But like, what was for, for you common was because uh, I, I went to your show. What yeah. was it? Fuck your manners. Yes, which is unbelievable. Like, if, thank you. Uh, take taking your work and then making it like twenty feet long and ten feet tall and three dimensional. Like, how yes. did that? How did that come about? Um, that. What do you mean? Like, how did that? How, how, how did you make that happen? Like, yeah, because going from your style and what you do to then these large scale sculptures. I feel like I can always see beyond the flat surface, mm-hmm. like the two D sphere in which I do a lot of work in. Just because I think that's just part of you know your as as of someone that's very visual. Mm-hmm. That's part of how I see and do work, and I think that was the first time when I'm like I should try to exercise pushing the boundary of what I've created and what people put me in as a boundary Mm. into something else. Because I think um, a lot of creatives are cornered into boxes like you're an illustrator, you're a type designer, you're an art director, you know, it's like very specific. Um, And when you go and do other dabble in different types of work within the same realm, it's Mm -hmm. like, whoa, that's crazy. But it's not. Like, (laughs) we all think in different, you know, capacities. You just want to make shit. Exactly. So that was, like, an experience that, you know, I was able to take something very personal and push that. So I think that's what I loved about that show specifically. Well, and you had eyeballs in it? Yeah. That was fish balls. Fish balls. Yeah, or fish eyeballs. Because I used to love that when I was a kid, too. What what is, like, what's it like? It's, like, really, it doesn't taste like anything. (laughs) It just like it, it was just fun to eat, just because it was like everyone was disgusted by it. But then like my family were like really into it. But if I were to hang out with friends, I'm like I eat fish eyeballs, and they're all like, "Yeah, it's so gross." It was like a fun like I don't know. It was like a thing I like was proud of. Yeah, of course, for some reason. And then it just became a you know part of the show. Obviously, yeah, just a giant fish eyeball. Yeah, well, and it, like also a lot of it was about. Were you embarrassed by your parents' yeah, eating style? Or? Yeah, I was. When I was, you know, I think a lot of immigrants or just like second generation immigrant kids are always trying to conform to the Western American society or just like the ideal of what is like good, what is mm-hmm. polite to fit in and assimilation. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when your parents hold on to a specific set of behaviors and culture that's totally different as a child it's very confusing and conflicting so i definitely internalized that as a kid you know when they would pack me sushi or like something they made for lunch yeah and people were like ew what is that you know or like when we go out to restaurants and my mom would like eat very like happily just like you know they slurp noodles and it's very impolite 
in everyone else's eyes. Technically, yeah, yeah well, you're right. But but it's how you eat and you enjoy the food. Right, you... right. And like when you're back in Asia or any other countries, that's like how they enjoy the food. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So that was something I was thinking about when I was making that, um, creating that exhibition. What a more freeing way to eat. Yeah, Just kind of going for it. And yeah, making noise and being sloppy and and why not being in it? <laughs> I love that. Uh, I kind of I want I want now I want to have a bowl of noodles and make much noise. Do it. But we we should have had fish eyeballs here and just like really gone for oh it. Like, this turned into like Fear Factor for me. Does anybody Do remember you like that fish? show? Am I making references that nobody gets now? I love because I'm old. Okay, you guys know Fear Factor. Okay, good. Um, so last time we saw each other was in Antwerp. Yes. Uh, at Us For, By Night, yep. which is an amazing, amazing festival and conference. Uh, I thought you gave a pretty incredible talk. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Because you had some life changes happen in the past year and a half. Yes. Um, would you like to disclose I'm that? I'm a mother. You're a mother. <laughs> You're a mother uh, to baby yeah. Ren. Uh-huh. Baby Ren. Oh, my God. Yes. So cute. She's great. Probably the cutest baby I've ever seen. Thank you. Yeah, way to go. She's awesome. Um, but that talk, you know, and I think it's part of the reason why I started Overshare. Like, you know, I got tired of going to conferences and hear people only talk about the highlights and the things that, you know, amazing talent and successes and all that. And you right. talked about some real shit on stage and right. how your life has completely changed. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, was that an easy thing for you to do where you're like, all right, I'm giving a talk at us by night. I'm just going to put it all out there. Or is there any hesitation to, to really talk oh, about yeah, this Oh, yeah, tons of hesitation, um, especially because it was – for a crowd of people I don't, I've never, like, I don't know anything about European design yeah. or anything like that. Um, and a lot of people there, there were from yeah. different parts of Europe. Um, and on top of that, a lot of them were, you know, younger. And so my decision to talk about that specifically came from, I did a talk actually like five months prior to that that was very personal. And that was the first time I was able to tap into that personal aspect and it felt so easy. The whole talk was very smooth and it just felt like it flowed and it worked mm. really well. And I was like, why was that so easy? You know, because I always freak out about these big talks. Oh, that sure. I feel yeah. like there's, I think everyone, when they have a talk, they have a platform. So they're like, what can I fit into this platform to, you know, check off all the boxes? Not just my highlight reel, but like lessons I learned. You know, mm -hmm. like everyone has these things they think that a talk should have from all the talks they've gone to. Yeah. And that was definitely where my brain was at. And the first time I did something so personal was when I felt so good about it afterwards. Even though, you know, I think everyone still feels like, oh, what did I just say? Um, <laughs> that was... A motivation for the Antwerp talk in which yeah. I was able to talk mostly about motherhood. I mean, obviously, I talked about work and influences yeah. of motherhood on work, but I think that was a really important time for me because I was reflecting on motherhood. That was the first time I've, I've been away from Ren for the entire time since she was born, too. Yeah. So that was, was like, a, yeah, we were talking about it. It's like, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it was, <laughs> really I was emotional. like nervous to leave. And then like after, after I left for like 12 hours, I was like, this is great. <laughs> and so I took <laughs> a lot a of that energy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I took a lot of that energy. And I'm like, I just need to talk about what is, what is going on with me. Yeah. Just be transparent, honest with my feelings mm -hmm. and everything that's good and bad. Yeah. Well, because I think it's really easy, like you were talking about, like trying to plan one of those talks. And I, I remember the first one I did, which is like probably eight or nine years ago. I yeah. was like, first of all, you're like, who the hell do I think I am? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then like imposter I don't want to. Yeah, and I, imposter right? syndrome. It's like one of the yeah one of the few times I've actually felt it where you're like, oh, uh, what do I have to say? Right. Uh, why does anybody why care? Do you care? Who do I, why who do, do they I think care? I am? Yeah. It's the biggest part of it. It's like, why does anyone give a shit? And then you're trying to sound smart because you're like, oh, I want right. to like, and you're like, you never really think about why you do what you do. Yeah. And it's just like instinctual, but then you start right. to unpack it. But then when you can just come from a point where you're just like, well, this is just how it is. And this is what I do. Right. And there's just a, like, you came across, across very, very sincere, very, uh, willing to open up. And I think it's a, it's a topic that not many people talk about. Yeah. So I think I a lot of uh, creatives that I see, and a lot of women, when they have kids, they f- sometimes feel the need to n- not show that they had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the what third or fourth interview we did on Overshare was with uh, Jessica Hish and Jennifer mm-hmm. Daniel, and they were like, Jessica was like, I cannot post pictures of my. I had to stop posting pictures of my daughter because I wasn't getting work. People were like, Oh, we see you have a kid yeah. now. Yeah. And, and she's like, and it sucks because like Eric, who is like her studio mate had a kid also and was right. posting pictures, but he was still getting work inquiries. Right. And so she felt like the need to stop doing it. And so I think uh, also a lot of times you don't even uh, acknowledge it in the work. And I mm-hmm. think what's been amazing about your work, it was known as being like very trippy and sexy and mm-hmm. curvy and beautiful. And uh, and then you, as you, you know, once you became pregnant, it reflected yeah. in your work and you mm-hmm. started doing work about pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then once you had Ren, you started doing work about being a mother mm-hmm. and, boob and breastfeeding inspired rugs and all of that stuff (laughs) and it's so it's so refreshing because i don't think i'll i don't think many people would have the courage to do that thank you it's nice to hear (laughs) yeah and and well and it's yeah i guess was there any hesitation in the work or were you just like screw this is what i know right now and this is yeah shit's changing (laughs) i think work has always been I think personal work especially, it's, it's always been so close to me. It's reflecting what I was going through. So yeah. all the trippy, sexy, curvy to pregnancy, like all of that was a reflection of my experience at the time. So I can't get away from that. Yeah. So it wasn't like a hesitation in that ground. But yeah. I definitely, in the year I was, you know, the first year I was pregnant, I definitely noticed there was less work going around, especially mm. with... All the stuff I did the year prior to that, I was surprised to see how little work I was getting last year. Because you were super busy the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't want to say it's because I was a, I'm a mother. Like I can't tell. How do you How right. do you know? You know. Right. Like is it it is it someone that sees this stuff and they say, oh, she doesn't have time. Is that actually what's happening, or is mm. it the industry, or is it? you know, X, Y, Z, you have no idea. Or is this pregnant belly going to resonate with right. Gen Z? Exactly. Exactly. That's a big part of it too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've definitely gotten inquiries from these uh, Gen Z brands and I'm like, well, the stuff I'm making now is about motherhood and then they never call me back. You know, <laughs> like I definitely have a few of those calls before too and I'm okay with that. Like yeah. I don't resonate with them and I don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm growing. So. Well, well, you still, so you won't take on briefs that don't feel personal to you? Um, depends, mm-hmm. right? I think now I am not so attached to my work as much as I used to be. Um, now I'm able to step off, step away and say like, okay, does this, am I, do I resonate with this? And if not, does it pay well? <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like those are the very real questions I sure. am working with. Um, but I definitely would like to resonate with the work um and sometimes it's not even the work it's the people i'm working with Mm -hmm. and more and more i realize how important that is more than the money more than the project is the people you're making work with yeah 
Yeah, 100%. Well, if they understand you and support you. And it's exactly. Like, if you're going to choose who to spend your hours so, with and collaborate with. For exactly, sure. exactly. Like the clients that I have, like the last year, last year when I've, you know, been kind of selective clients, um, the ones that I have worked with, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not even a glamorous project. doesn't even pay that well. Mm-hmm. But like working with them, they were so accommodating. Like there's so much just appreciation mm-hmm. and that alone was pretty worth it for me yeah so i have that privilege of choosing that right now yeah well yeah. you're getting to that point in your career where yeah you, you have the options and the flexibility right and yeah. i want that collaboration i don't want you know oh throw a bunch of money at me or you know something super glamorous because no project is really that glamorous <laughs> seriously i think that's important to remind people <laughs> no project is really that glamorous. really seriously it really doesn't matter and it, especially the ones that you think are going to be glamorous exactly are usually the least glamorous exactly like oh i killed myself for that okay yeah, great cool. yeah. and i have like high, you know i felt good about it for a week afterwards and where am i now <laughs> it's always the case so, so you might as well pick p- people you like hanging out with and, and, and yeah. working with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it seems like though some of your, or it seems like the projects you've been doing lately are coming to you because of the subject matter you've been. There has been, yeah. 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 So it's been interesting to see that experience. And the types of people that are working, like coming to me to work with too, have been way more invested. And they all know about myself as a mother. So mm-hmm. there's that like, you go into it in a very transparent space. Um, but not to say every project is like that. Yeah. Like I just had a project killed like a few weeks ago. I was so happy about like very, very ecstatic that it was done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? I had a feeling it was going to be a bad partnership and mm-hmm. I'm glad that's over. That worked out. It was a blessing. <laughs> but I think that's an, that's interesting that on the aspect of people coming to you for the work that's reflective of all of you. Because right. I think a lot of times as creators, we go and make stuff that's, you know, whatever we put out into the world, um, but not necessarily reflective of who we are completely. Right, right. Um, And obviously, like, the work we put out is never 100% all of us. But right. I think there's the, the themes that you're willing to explore now and the conversations you're willing to have and the, right. the talks you're willing to give definitely shows a more complete picture, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are, like, more accepting of that, which is definitely it, which has got to feel pretty good. Yeah. I think it's because I think that transparency and honesty that I've been really feeling the last year um, and talking with that and also having that very open dialogue with whoever I work with has been really helpful in that approach. Yeah. So. Well, I got I got really inspired by a few of your slides. Uh, nice. Ask my night. You just have some good quotes and even like your captions on your Instagram. But uh you said, after you push a baby out, shit is just different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? In what? every way. What? Like what? In the good ways when something, okay, for example, if I'm working out and it's really like a really difficult workout, in my head I'm like, I gave birth, bro, and I'm fine. <laughs> Always. That's the benchmark. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Every, like I remember after I gave birth, I had to pee. I was basically bedridden for an entire week. And imagine, like, going to the bathroom probably hurts like hell. And I remember going to the bathroom being like, I just gave birth. It's fine. And every time I think that, it just happens. It's this magical, like, line 
I gave birth. I'll never be able to do that. You will never experience that. I'm sorry. That's like I would have to go and climb like Mount Everest to have that bar. Like, look, I just I just climb Mount Everest. I'm fine. I'm fine. My, the closest bar I have is I trained for a half and ran a half marathon. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's not anywhere close. I can assume it's nowhere. Have you ever run a half marathon? No, I have not. So you can't. So you can't compare. Yeah. I can't. We'll find someone who's had a child and ran a half but marathon. See which one's more. I think difficult. now if I do train for it, I will think I had a kid. Yeah. I pushed a baby out. Yeah, I'm fine. I can do this. I'm fine. So, I can do this. Like maybe I'll do it next year. We'll I think. See. Now, have you wanted to be more ambitious in like the challenges you take on now because that's like you have a high bar. I definitely am. It's funny because I'm more um, ambitious in the sense I'm easier with my body. So I used to do really hardcore like CrossFit mm-hmm. right before I gave birth. And now I'm like, I don't need to do this. Wait, did CrossFit while you were pregnant? Yes. Yeah, how'd that go? Because I was like, I can give birth. Well, I, in my <laughs> friend circle, I don't Did you do I don't burpees have, during labor? I did. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, you no, are just hardcore. kidding. Oh, Jesus. I actually did move a a bunch when I was on the epidural, which didn't make any sense. Yeah. I think because CrossFit, but <laughs> I thought CrossFit was going to make my birth delivery a lot easier, and it didn't um, <laughs> at all. And I realized it was because I was focusing on the wrong muscle groups. I was just oh. doing all these like squats and you know all the box jumps and stuff. Yeah, but I should have been doing more slower pace things like Pilates and yoga, oh. breathing. And I realized I was training my body just because I thought it was the ambitious thing to do. But yeah. actually, the more ambitious thing to do is just whatever your body feels good to do. Well, and become more flexible and more fluid. Right. And, yeah. And it's not always like the most hardcore thing that you see. It's actually like a lot more peaceful than that, at least wow. for me. Wow. So, but yeah, I'm more ambitious in that sense. But I do notice that my body can take a lot more than yeah. it used to. And it's seriously because of that. Well, I think line. it's a mind, it's a mindset thing too. Yeah. Like I, I was at a event last week, and there was a guy, uh, this guy Jim Quick, who helps people with their memory. Okay. And he had a- everyone just face forward, <laughs> two feet on the ground, put your right arm out uh, with pointing, and then had us turn as far as we could to the right, and remember that, and then close our eyes, and he had us think about twisting twice as far, then three times as far, and four times as far. Whoa. And he's like, now open your eyes, point, and do the same exercise. Did you did you go further than you did the previous time? And I think Whoa. almost everyone in the room did. And it's like, why is that? It's like, oh, because we could see ourselves uh, achieving more. And so, like, the mindset is a, is a box. And so I think with, like, childbirth, right. you're like, okay, my body is capable of way more. Yes. And I'm capable of way more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Right. Before, I think I, when I was doing, you know, an exercise that was really difficult, I would always say, repeat my head, I'm not my body, I'm not my mind. And that can only go so far, mm-hmm. I think. And now I'm, I'm like having that experience as childbirth with that mindset. It's like I'm not my body, I'm not my mind, and I gave birth at the same time. So I'm trying yeah. to like see where that could take me, but not be ambitious in the sense that society thinks is ambitious. Right. Right. It's a different definition. Exactly. It's like, what's my own ambition? Well, I guess that's a good question. What's your own ambition? I'm still figuring that out, yeah. but it's definitely different than what I thought it was. Mm. Um, before. Like, what what were your benchmarks for, or your goals? Like, how did you frame them previously versus now? Previously, it was a lot of work-oriented goals. It was more like, I want to get this client. I want to make this type, I want to make this money. Mm-hmm. I want to have this kind of freedom. And obviously, those are all great things to have. And I mm-hmm. think now these goals, and, you know, after you've 
made that money, after you had that client, after you've had that freedom, it's kind of like these goals aren't necessarily goals. They're just like steps along the way. What is the bigger picture of the goal? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's I do I do love freedom. I think freedom is really important to me. And whether that's freedom in um, my mind, like with my mind, freedom Mm -hmm. from pressures of society, freedom from like labels of motherhood. Um, And that comes with obviously making money that comes with, you know, having the right type of relationships and tools. Um, But I think the goal now is a little bit more open-ended and it's more of like an umbrella goal than these like specific things that I had in my past. Mm. And also understanding like, is that a goal set by me or is it a goal set by everyone else? Mm -hmm. You know, like Instagram makes me think I have these goals, but is that what I really want for myself? So that's a question that I'll always ask myself. Well, and that's a hard thing to step back from and unpack, right? Because right. you have, you know, decades of culture and societal pressures, learnings, right. expectations. Always. And then so then what's really my idea and what's someone else's? Yeah. How do you, have you figured out any way to differentiate that? Definitely. I think I, I'm doing this thing where, I, you know, I'm trying to meditate more and thinking about intuitively how does that feel and that's something that i haven't connected in a long time mm-hmm. because in the past it was like oh i got all these checkbox on the paper that's great let's go for it mm-hmm. but sometimes when i feel oh i have the boxes checked but i feel a certain pull towards another direction what is that feeling so i start to explore that and i think what is that why do i want this and why do i not want this it's a lot of just evaluation mm-hmm. and thinking about what makes sense and especially now my energy is, you know, obviously split between family yeah. and myself and my relationship and social life and work. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the energy is very limited. So understanding where I want to put that energy and how excited I am about certain things um, and evaluating why is so important to me. Well, and it's giving yourself the space and the time to actually yeah, analyze that and think about that. Yes. I was talking to someone uh, recently at one of our talking not talking events which is like our support group yeah. for creatives we do every month cool. and someone said about they're having a hard time articulating the goal for a project and someone says well when the, can the goal just be a feeling and it doesn't yeah. even need to be at the end it could be a long like each day of the, pro- the project right. and I've started to go and put that into like even a, a project we were working on last week at work and it was like well how do we want to make people feel and it's like well we sh- people should be like fuck yeah. yeah yeah sign me up yeah and it's like oh that's such a broader sense to go so like how easy. to how to make someone feel yeah it's such a nice uh a nice way to articulate as opposed right. to like can we get them to sign up or can we get them to buy something or can we get them yeah. to you know like my picture on instagram right it's exactly just, it's, and it's, it's the so, world is yeah. driven so much by data it's so much driven by all these like like roi marketing like results you know what i mean and i while i understand why that's the case i also feel like the importance of intuition and you know, trusting that and making sure it's coming from a place of security mm-hmm. also because I also think your intuition could be kind of tweaked if you're in a fearful place. That's yeah. part of it too. Um, and, you know, going back to your question, like how do I determine what's good or not, I also think about like where is this coming from? Is yeah. it coming from fear? Where is it right. coming from like, like yes, like trust? So well, Because if it's, yeah, if it's fear-based, it's pretty easy. If you can yeah. identify that it's fear-based, then it's probably not something you really want to be doing. It's something right. you feel like you have right. to do. And then maybe you just have to do it because of X, Y, Z and like go into it with that understanding. 
Yeah. And I think that makes a project or whatever you end up doing, a relationship a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Just knowing your own expectations for yourself. Yeah, that's so, so good. Uh, speaking of labels of motherhood and cultural expectations, uh, in your talk, you had a slide that said, I can have it all. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. I think that you can have it all, but, you know, not at the same time. Because, like, the, 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 the traditional definition <laughs> yes. is, like, oh, yeah, w- women try to have it all. Like, never, right. no one ever talks about guys trying to have it all. Right, right. Uh, and it's kind of, kind of annoying that we have to just constantly remind ourselves of that. But I, o- I also feel optimistic about society in a way that we are being more open to a- different perspectives. Um, a lot of different marginalized feelings and ideals and concepts are out in public. And people are actually listening rather than mm-hmm. being like, fuck you, that's not right. And so in that, I think also comes, you know, freedom and openness with partnerships in a parenthood, for an example. Mm -hmm. And also with that, it's not just, you know, fatherhood and motherhood. There's like a lot of, I think, you know, fatherhood is becoming a thing that people are like, oh, actually should pay attention to that more. Like maternity leave is also just as important as paternity leave. Yeah. You know, like daycare and childcare that affects both moms and dads, it's not just a woman's problem. It's yep. everyone's problems that have kids. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I think also with freedom and work, like working, not working, to network for freelancers. I think a lot of people are freelancing now. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's such a different time for parents. And when I say I can have it all, it's like I can see there's a lot of conveniences now to have a kid and also do a lot of different things. And I'm optimistic about it. Yeah. In that way. And so, and w- what is your definition of having it all compared to what, you know, the traditional definition? That, how, <clears throat> do, how have you redefined it? I think having it all for me is the ability to see past now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, having it all means that you have all these traditional, like, money, you know, job, like, a child, I don't know, whatever traditional child and a job and a things social life and at the and same that, yeah. time. But for me, I realize it's I should not stop. I should stop thinking about everything in terms of the moment. I should start thinking about everything in terms of holistic my yeah. holistic life. You know, like right now, I might not have enough time to go out to a rave because I love raves and <laughs> I haven't done that for a long time. I really miss going out. But I know that when Ren is a little older and. I could send her to my parents and my mm-hmm. parents could happily take her for a couple of days and yeah. I could do that. You know, just thinking about in terms of It's not all scale. this week right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's anything like, I, I guess, at any point in your life and career, you're never, yeah. it, the, the scales are always going to be tipped in one direction. And I right. think that's a, that's a thing that I've learned is like just being kind to myself in those moments. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not doing this enough. I'm not exactly. exercising enough. And you're like, yeah, but you're dealing with your feelings like right. 24 hours a day or whatever else yeah. is going on in your life. It, that's okay and that's enough. Right. And so it's all like it's this, you know, it's a balance. Exactly. And some, and most of the time it's going to be imbalanced. But like knowing, right. like, okay, I'm going to dial this back and then do a little more of that. Then I'm going to go to the right. rave. Because realistically, yeah. nobody can have everything at the best. There, at that the doesn't same time, make yeah. any sense. It's not possible. It's, impo- it's absolutely impossible. Yeah. And I don't even think if you have money that helps with a lot of these issues, that's still possible. There's just yeah. so much that you give up. In lieu of something else. Well, and, it's, and it's just prioritizing the things that are important to you. Right. Do you feel like, you know, you've been freelance for how many years now? I Since 2016. 2016. Do yeah. you feel like what you're doing now and the way that you're balancing work and motherhood would be impossible if you were full-time somewhere? Um, I would definitely give up a lot. 
And right now, I'm very thankful I have time to be with my child because mm-hmm. I know that this is a very precious, important time of both me and her and my partner's lives. And I would never, ever regret spending more time with her yeah. versus <clears throat> doing more work or making more projects. You yeah. know what I mean? I would never regret that. So I think as a freelance person, like this is great for now. Yeah. And I can 100% go back to full-time one day. I'm not opposed to that. It really just depends on what that is. But right now, I enjoy this freedom. Yeah. And I enjoy um, the the fact that I have space from, you know, a lot of expectations yeah. for myself to understand my goals and intuition. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I were to go step back into the workforce, if I were to, mm-hmm. I come back with, a different type of confidence than I had before. Well, I know a lot of people are afraid, especially with their freelance, right. afraid of taking a break. So, like, yeah. I've talked to a lot oh, of people yeah. who are like, yeah, I won't Definitely. go on vacation. I won't do this because I'm afraid if I go on vacation and I come back, no, one, no one's no, going to want to hire yes. me again. I have a friend that's dealing with that. He just bought a house. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I don't, I don't have a job for this week. I'm freaking out. And I'm yeah. like, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> And I think that's the the bad side, the flip side of freelance. Like, yes, you have a lot of freedom and it's really like right at first it's like very fun and easy. And then later you're like, oh, shit, like I had the security of a job all of my life. And now I have, you know, a gap in, you know, money making periods Mm -hmm. and I have to figure out what to do. And what if I don't get a job again? Like, Mm -hmm. what if I become you know, not recognizable. Like, what if people forget about me? It's just like a spiral, and I definitely went through that. Yeah. Um, I, how did you How did you get through that, Bast? Oh, my gosh. Well, just seeing how, because my partner and I both, he also works for himself. Yeah. And so, like, He's seeing, an amazing photographer. Yes, yeah. and he's never had a full-time job. Right. He's just gone into photography since he graduated college. Right. And so, seeing his up and downs, because I think um, I actually waited to go into this world to try to see what other people and how their experiences were. The freelance were. world. Yeah. yeah, and seeing that up and down and seeing how, like, one year could be really shitty, but next year you could be, like, the best you can ever have. Yeah. And then the next year it might change again. Um, you just kind of have to trust that. You have to have trust in a way, and a blind faith in a way. And I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice, but I do feel like... I think it's great advice. Blind faith. Well, it, it's also it's, it's important. It, well, it's confidence in yourself, yes. um, yeah. and that's I think that really helps, especially when you're freelancing. Right. And it's and it's hard because you go weeks without getting something, and you're uh-huh. like, gotcha. but Definitely. it's going from the mindset of abundance then instead of a mindset of exactly. scarcity, and it makes such a difference. There you go. Like, and if and, and if you have time off, invest in yourself and go do some mm-hmm. shit. That, go to the MoMA and. Uh, mm-hmm. Do some personal work, or mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to have those options. And there's other options. Like yeah. we also live in a really expensive city, so yeah. you really can't find work. You can move somewhere. You can go move to New Mexico, or, or like, or to the Catskills, or, or Catskills. Yeah. Which yeah. I have a lot of friends who are doing down. They love it. And there's options, and I think that's what I'm saying about you can have it all because I think there's options now. Mm-hmm. At least there's more options read- readily available to us that yeah. we could tackle. We can't. We're not stuck. Nobody is stuck in anything. Anymore. Well, especially now, it's like the internet is magic. Right. And everything's possible. And yes, you know, you yes. can get, you can do new work and get it out there. I love talking to like uh, another episode that's coming out after this. Uh, yeah. with Tristan Eaton. He, he says he'll just go and do new work under an alias, mm-hmm. so people don't have any preconceived notions or expectations Great. about what he should be doing. Right. Or like it because he did it, and just puts it out and and just sees the reaction. And I think that's yeah. like a really. 
it's nice to have that freedom. Too. What does he What does he say about it? Like, did he Did he really enjoy that process? Yes, and he still it. does it because, That's like, cool. he has a you know, like uh, you like you have a following, and people know what right. you're you're known for. And so, if you right. want to go and branch out in a completely different direction, right, you could also say it. screw it and do it, or right. he just does it as like a little little test. It's like an experiment. The, yeah, a little experiment, right. and then cool. Let's see what happens. Um, which I think is really nice. Yeah. But we're going to pause for a quick break. Okay. Uh, then we'll be right back with more with Sean X. Okay. So I guess this is an ad break. We've never actually done one of these before, and we don't actually have a sponsor right now. But uh, I said we'll be right back, so I have to put something in here. Uh, so if we had an ad and we had a sponsor for this episode, this is where that sponsor would go. Um, I could say Working Out Working is the sponsor, uh, you know, you could go and go to workingnotworking.com to um, get hired by the best companies in the world and, and hire the best creative talent. Uh, or, you know, it can be for your company or for you personally. You need a date. Uh, you need a new job. Uh, you you want to sell your car? Whatever. Let's talk. Let's figure it out. Let's 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 make a deal. Uh, and so we can be creative, uh, and we'll we'll figure something out. So if you want to talk to our audience and uh, get your message out there. Hit us up at Overshare Talks on Instagram. Uh, slide into our, our Overshare DMs, and we'll, uh, we'll figure something out. All right, now back to the episode. And we're back. I've always wondered what people do in those breaks because we've never actually done a break like that before. Um, but we just, like, had some drinks, and we talked about yeah. uh, the masculine energy of doing CrossFit when you're pregnant, <laughs> uh, which is— it didn't help. Didn't help, so <laughs> not recommended by Sean X. Nope. Um, all right, so this next section is called, This Might Get Uncomfortable. Cool, I love it. Now, I don't know, do we have a budget, Moira, for, uh, like, sound effects or a jingle or something? All right, so, cool. okay, so we're gonna, we're, we'll throw something like, in there ugh. for This Might Get Uncomfortable. Cool. Okay, uh, so the first question, uh, what's one thing you've never shared in an interview before? Like, this is a really big question. There's a lot. Because you've been interviewed shared. a lot. Yeah. Like, what terms? Oh, we, what you, ways? You're the boss. Uh, I still bite my nails and I'm 33 years old. <laughs> oh, I, I for sure do that. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I don't know where that Actually, came from. What, yeah. what, what's that say about us that we bite our nails? I think we're anxious. Anxious. I never thought of someone being someone with anxiety, but I'm also a little OCD. So I yeah. think having long nails kind of freaks me out. Yeah. This is the part where everyone starts gagging, thinking about people biting their nails. Yeah. We should just do that for a good, like, two I'm minutes. Just, like, it. on the mic with really good audio. This is the yeah, ASMR section. Yeah, my nails are section. nasty right now. <laughs> I used to get them done a lot, so I don't bite them, and yeah. now I don't even go anymore, and they're pretty <laughs> gnarly. <laughs> they look they look all right. Well, that's because I, I bit them, like, oh, perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Are you OCD at all? Um, I feel like I, I am with my nails now. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not OCD even, overall. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about nail biting. I'm yeah. sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. This, you know, this might get uncomfortable. <laughs> Can you describe what childbirth is like? Yes. So it was the most terrible experience for, I would say, 10 hours in the beginning. Um, contractions were the worst things I've ever felt. Like I was blacking out from the pain. Ugh. And the thing about the thing with a woman's body that I've read and watched on YouTube, um, <laughs> actually, I never, I never, I didn't take a birthing class. I watched everything on YouTube. Do you That's recommend what, that? I actually kind of enjoyed it. Okay. I learned a lot of information. It's not for everybody. You put a lot of gifs uh, at your talk yes. of 
animals and children being right. Born. Yeah, yeah. Pretty and incredible. the crazy thing is, everyone's bodies are different. I mean, every woman's bodies are different. Like you will not know how painful childbirth is until you give birth. Like there is nothing that you could ever yeah. prepare yourself for. Yeah. Maybe like hypno breathing, which I didn't do, mm. but um, it was very painful for ten hours contractions, and that was even before delivering and then i had the epidural which i didn't feel anything for 10 hours but i was still like basically knocked out um puffy yeah. and then i pushed for four hours and i watched that whole thing happen well i didn't watch the entire thing but i had a mirror placed so i can look at it just to see what it looks like the vagina is insane Wait, was colin taking photos oh no <laughs> he didn't he, he was like holding my hand okay you know but i think he was equally just like what happened? It would be amazing if he had like a tripod yes, set up with like the self. That would be amazing. The self uh, like clicker that they yeah. use as photographers. Just you guys are family portraits. Right. With Ren's and I'm like, crown Hi. coming out. Well, yeah. it's just crazy. You see your body morph in a way that you're just not. You're like, how is this happening? How is uh-huh. this capable? It's like a cavernous cave. <laughs> you know, like yeah. how did that become this? Uh huh. And it was blood everywhere. Actually pushing. I pushed for four hours. Yeah. Which was really long. I think I was almost about to get a C-section. Oh, she geez. came out on the very... She was getting, like, vacuumed out. They had, like, a suction cup trying to pull her out. Oh, that's how I came out. Yeah. I, I had a cone yeah. head. Like, a very severe cone really head. She a really big cone head for, yeah. like, the longest time. Yeah, Ren. It's a good look. Yeah. It was really... It was very intense. And um, right afterwards, I was like, I'm never giving birth again. And now I totally forgot about the pain. Uh-huh. And that's how the human experience goes. Yeah. You just forget it all. You forget all the pain. And then all the highlights. You just keep on going yeah. on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Which is kind of nice. I was, during that description, I was getting a little white. Just thinking, oh, trying, yeah. it's uh, trying to empathize. Uh, that sounds fucking horrible. But now it's great. But now so. you can do anything. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd have another kid now? Yeah. Yeah, see? Look, totally exactly. forgot about the pain. Exactly. Uh, now these are less childbirthy uh, <laughs> questions. Do you feel like you have something to prove? Um. Yes, I think so. I think for Ren. Now it's like the audience of who I have something to prove to. Mm. It's definitely for my child more than anyone else. Like I want to make sure that she, you know, is well-groomed and becomes like a person that has confidence and compassion and also ambition. And like I need to be that for her to grow into that. So how do I not sit on my phone and look at Reddit all day mm-hmm. you know like things i have to challenge myself to do to make sure she doesn't watch me and do the same thing did you well did you consider yourself a confident ambitious person like in i general? think so yeah okay. i feel like i've been i learned a lot of confidence through my years so just so. being you will do that yeah yeah but i definitely am more aware of my actions now than yeah. i've ever been before oh, i can imagine yeah and were there conscious decisions when you found out you were pregnant or when she was born that you're like all right we're going to do this a certain way to make sure she either um you know has that confidence or is a creative spirit or whatever right. that is well i think one thing is trying to be more organized in my time because mm. i think before I'm a pretty free-spirited individual, and same with my partner. We were just kind of like, oh, let's do this. Let's go get lunch, and then let's do some work for an hour, and then let's go travel. You know what I mean? It's, like, very all over the place, and now having more organization is really important because I also feel like that's important for a child to have is some sort of restrictions and boundaries. Yeah. And I don't want to be one of those, like, 
parents are just like, do whatever you want. Like, I don't think that's helpful either. That's how you turn out. So, exactly. (laughs) I mean, both ways. Yeah. So those are just things I think about. Um, I don't think about it as consistently. I definitely still watch Love is Blind and Mm -hmm. go on terrible Reddit forums. Um, (laughs) About Love is Blind? About Love is... Actually... (laughs) I want to say anything. Um, but yeah, I definitely am more conscientious of what she sees me doing or yeah. or I'm going to try to do more so. Well, she's probably already picking up on stuff. At, like, she 100% she's and like she's very aggressive. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder where she got that from. <laughs> she's extremely loving and aggressive. Yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, it, it, it's kind of amazing just seeing how much kids pick up on. Yep. And it's just like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. You see everything I do. Great. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. Like, I don't have kids yet, but at some point, I have to be a little more conscious of that. Yeah. Um, do you feel like ambition uh, ever gets in the way of your happiness? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, actually, it depends on what type of ambition. I think if it's all work-related, mm. then yeah. I think anything that you put all your effort into, something else is going to lose out. Always. Yeah. So if you put a lot of effort into work family or social life might kind of lack behind. You know, it's all about balance for me. So I do think that if you have too much ambition for one thing, happiness could be sacrificed. And that's okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you can always just adjust. Like if you want to feel like if you want to go for something really badly right now and something else is going to suffer, just know that and come back to it. Yeah. And and, and also not fighting that either because I think right. that's where it's like oh I need to have it all I need to do it all right equally and simultaneously yeah and it's like hey friends family I'm not you're not going to hear from me for a exactly. month exactly and, and they that. understand yeah. yeah and don't be don't beat yourself up for it because I used yeah. to do that I used for to sure. you know work a lot and then I will be like oh I haven't like connected to anybody recently and I feel bad about it and it's like oh it's because I haven't put any energy into that part of my life mm-hmm. it's just you know constant balance all of your life so yeah, it's all okay yeah yeah i think that's a good way to look at it uh what's been the most challenging point in your career i think dealing with clients that don't respect work in a way i mm. guess it's i think that's a back and forth situation um dealing with you know like when it comes to contracts and things like that that don't pan out the way you want. Those are mm-hmm. big, small challenges, I would say. Like, the most challenging thing in my career, I'm like, it's difficult to pinpoint. I think it's constantly a challenge mm. because you're constantly trying to find... I think as for me, too, as a creative, like, I do mostly illustration and art and design. So it's like finding that space to even be creative. That first is challenging. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in that space, I'm like, okay, I have to go for it full hard, like all the way into it. But then, you know, if I'm managing my own logistics on top of that, like admin work is a huge part of a lot of freelancers, you yeah. know, day to day. That's extremely challenging. Yeah. So I think it's important to find help. Um, there's a lot of agents out there that are trying to do freelance based too. It's not just like I need to sign you. It's, yeah. you know, they're open to you going to them, you know. Um, I work with much creative Matt a lot. He's awesome. Love Matt. I know. He's amazing. And he does that for a lot of creatives out there. I just think finding the right resources to, you know, help you out with the things you need and finding help yeah. is always important. But because that, that admin work and the, the business of 
being a creative can yeah. definitely overwhelm you. And it's then, a lot. And I found that was the stuff I would procrastinate on because yes. I didn't want to do it. And then when I did yeah. it, it took me forever mm-hmm. and I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just get some help. Yeah. It makes such a difference. Um, what are you struggling with right now? Right now? Uh, I actually am in a pretty balanced place right now. I think I only struggle when I'm not balanced. Mm. But prior to this, I had a shitty job that really was explosive mm. and fell through, which I'm, you know, as right, I kind of yeah. mentioned, it was a really good experience. Um, I think that's one of those things where every year I can expect to have one to three bad client jobs that mm. I work with. And it's not, it, and I realized with that, it's never to do with my work. It's always communication. It's either I'm not communicating or they're not communicating. Is there a way now that you are able to spot those sooner to avoid getting I try. So now, like, been doing this, I've been doing this for a while. I try to preemptively, like, assume and understand what's going to happen in the future. But you can never predict anything. Of course. You can always try to, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Especially when you get work (laughs) that is filtered from client to agent to rep to you and you have like like four yeah yeah, and it's that kind of stuff never really works out and i think the work that i think makes the most sense the most efficient is direct with the client and working with them and i think that's why i'm at a place where relationships with whoever you're working with is so much more important than anything else absolutely and i i'm 100 i'm gonna dial that in like even more this year, is just making sure this is a good relationship. We have transparency. Let's communicate. And I will do my best to do that. So if a project fails, I understand that I put my oh, my best, yeah. my best face and also my honesty and transparency to make sure everything was working. And if it didn't work out, it was communication. Right. There's no blame game, you know? Yeah, that's so. great. Um, is there anything that people get wrong about you or your work? Uh, I think, I'm not sure. I actually don't know. <laughs> I think at a certain point of my career when I was drawing a lot of like sexual, like vibrant things, people were like, oh, you're really into only drawing butts or like, you know, like I definitely was that people definitely have responded in a way because it's what I was presenting. Mm-hmm. And obviously I understand that people just the way they look at work or they look at creatives, they want to make, they want to like categorize you in some ways. And yeah. I think that's just how we are as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm not so sure because I feel like I'm pretty open to my experiences in every front. So I don't know if anyone's going to get anything wrong about me necessarily mm-hmm. unless I'm presenting myself wrongfully. So. It seems like you're presenting yourself pretty authentically right now. Yeah. yeah. So I think not now. Yeah. But who knows? That could yeah. change. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everybody's like, oh, she's just the, the pregnant lady. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just pregnant, pregnant all years. the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe I should just do that <laughs> for the rest of my career. Just draw breastfeeding all day, every day. Well, it's... Uh, It'll continue to resonate. Yeah. When uh, Ren is like 25. Yeah, she's like, Mom. I'm still breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> One of those weird kids. Oh, man. Like, Ren, come here. <laughs> I've got to do some new come, work. Come into my room. No, it's creepy. <laughs> uh, what do people underestimate about you? Um, I think... Oh, that was my phone. <laughs> uh, I feel like in the past, it was my ability to see past... Um, 2D spaces Mm -hmm. 
And it was definitely because that was the only type of work I was given. Yeah. And I realized you have to, like, to get the work you want to be getting, at least paid for, you have to push yourself into those directions of where you want to go to. So I think in the past, I learned that lesson. So anytime I feel like I'm being underestimated, I have to just do it myself. Yeah, it's a it's a good lesson. That's pretty learn. much that's yeah. what it is. Well, I went. I scrolled back to the beginning of your Instagram. Yeah, uh, and it's cool to see the the shift in your style. But then you yeah. also had the lips with cheese yeah, and pepperoni yeah. on it and the lipstick thing. A long thing. time ago, and then you end up making that in three D for the yeah. museum pizza. Yeah, exactly. Like three or four years later, yeah. you're like, someone should make this, and then you and end I just up making did it. That. You just have to do it sometimes. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And um, obviously, we're always constantly. I think as women too, we're constantly second guessing ourselves, and I think that's something mm-hmm. that. Um, also understanding, especially culturally too. I think as an Asian American, my cultural background, Chinese people are always like, be modest, don't be the best, you know, like just make peace and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure everyone feels good to be around you. That was like what I was taught growing up. And I think there's something to be, I think that's a great lesson to have. But I think personally, it's just how do you push yourself and how do you push yourself outside of that ceiling that you created for yourself? And I'm still working through that. Yeah. So. Seems like you're doing a pretty good job with that. I try. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest fear? Hmm. That we're all going to die from coronavirus. Fair. No, I'm That's just kidding. I don't think anyone. I'm not that scared of coronavirus. I feel like there's a lot of paranoia. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I kind of enjoyed it in a way. Is that bad? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I enjoy the paranoia. I think it's like, ooh. Well, it's interesting it's to see Let's how people react up. to stuff. Yeah. Um, like my friends in Portland were right. posting uh, oh, yeah. the supermarket. And I guess because like the first empty. case was in Washington State, right. so it was pretty close. Right. It was like all the toilet paper's gone, everything's gone. Um, right. Yeah, it, it'll get interesting. Right. And we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, my my biggest fear, though, is... I didn't take the subway here today. Oh, purpose. you didn't? I actually did. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can Maybe give, it should be a little bit more paranoid. I can give everyone a, a ride back to Brooklyn after this. Okay, yeah, cool. I drove in. <laughs> Um, are there any ways that you self-sabotage? Um, yeah, all the time. Um, I think when it comes to my creative projects, I always self-sabotage every single project I ever have. And I think it's just my process. And in which ways? Like, like I will make something I'm really excited about. I'm like very stoked on an idea or a concept and I go into it and I always hate it in the middle of the process. Yeah. And then I end up pushing myself more and I get better and then I hate it again after it's completed and that is just my process <laughs> just, and honestly yeah. my partner hates it he's always like stop second guessing yourself like I am mm-hmm. so sick of you getting like so upset over something it's great because I will just constantly be like is this okay but I think I realize this is how I push myself is yeah. I have to have that doubt have that doubt exactly to know that's not good enough because if you just came out yeah. swinging super cocky and then you exactly. stop you're like yeah I, I have it. to doubt myself yeah. that's part of the process that's good yeah well it's helpful it's, especially if you know it, it, it I, I've found when I've tried to write a new talk yeah to give it like a conference I get like crushing like yeah self doubt anxiety oh, yeah. all that stuff and I'm just yeah. like I get a panic attack like two days oh, before yeah. and I'm like now I'm just like, just stop doing that. It's all going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like, all right, we'll keep pushing ourselves, but yeah. it's all going to be okay. Nobody, it's like back and forth yeah. all the time. Exactly. I would. I remember when I used to have, you know, shows or whatever, I would cry right before just being so upset about, like, how it's going to turn out. Yeah. 
And I would get wasted at the shows because I was just didn't want to even deal with that being a thing. Yeah. And ever since I got pregnant, I can't get wasted anymore. And I've actually dealt with all these anxieties and realized, mm-hmm. oh, I should just appreciate this is my process. Yeah. And that's it. And this is like, yeah. and I think the thing is also like nobody will remember that one little detail that you weren't yeah. able to get in or whatever. People like this gonna, podcast. Yeah. Like nobody's going to remember if I said some no, weird. No, nobody's even listening. Like, it's exactly. fine. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's gonna listen. That, so that, just that's talk the joy of podcasts. Joy of podcasts is nobody's ever listening. <laughs> there you uh, go. And you just say whatever the hell you want. Let's just talk shit on people. It's fine. Yeah. Um, do you, Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, do you have and, and you, now Adam. every now every Adam's gonna wonder if it was them. Um, <laughs> do you have any regrets? Um, actually, I don't think so. That's, and I think it's healthy. because I know that I will deal with it. Like I, I think confidence confrontation is something I actually I hate it but I enjoy it because mm-hmm. I know that when you have a feeling that you internalize it goes into a terrible place so might as well take that and either speak to the person that you failed or you wronged or you know deal with it and work through it yourself and get it out there yeah, yeah. don't don't internalize it no. you only regret something if you internalize things yeah and if you could just have a conversation about it it's over yeah. And a lot of times it's a bigger thing to you than it actually was to the person. Exactly. You know? So then you're like, oh, that was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, who makes you jealous? Who makes me jealous? That's a hard question. I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I, I'm i inspired by a lot of creatives. I'm not necessarily jealous of them. Mm. I envy them in a way that I'm like, wow, you guys are amazing. Hassan. There we go. He doesn't make me jealous, but I'm like, wow, you have such a charisma. You're so like Hassan, right? smart. Hassan, yeah, you're so smart. You're so like good at what you do, and you're so down to earth. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. How are you all these things at once? Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. I love him, but you know he was great. Also, at SBA, yeah, he uh, was. Uh, I'll link to his stuff so people cool. in the show notes so people can check him out. Um, what do you want to do that you haven't done yet? A lot of things. Um, I want to live in another country again just for a little bit. Where'd you live? I lived in China after I graduated college. But I want to live either back there with my child and partner so they can both learn Chinese. Mm-hmm. Or we can go to, Bel- like I don't know, somewhere in Europe, like yeah. Amsterdam, where it's super family friendly, just to try it out, to yeah. experience that. Um, that's something I would like to do. We'll see. Um, I'd like to do that even if it's for three months or six right. months. Right. Six months, I think, is good. I think yeah. three months is too short Probably, to really yeah. understand a place. Yeah. So I want to do that for like six months to a year. We'll see what happens. Um, there's a lot of stuff I want to do. What else? Like I want to learn how to scuba dive. My partner is doing free diving right now. Wow. He's like t- holding his breath for longer than three minutes. I'm like, Incredible. what the fuck? That's crazy. I just want to be more <laughs> comfortable in the water. I think the water freaks me out me too. still. Yeah. I never really learned. I went to summer camp and I took all the swimming classes, but never really learned to tread water. Yeah. And I have almost drowned before. Uh, oh my God. It's just like, That's scary. But then I finally learned how to tread water. I was in, what, Sydney Harbor. Uh, yeah, this is like, oh, I was in Sydney Harbor on a boat. And everyone jumped off and I was like, all right, I'm going to stay close to the ladder. And then I yeah. went out and I was like, wait, I've been out here for like 20 minutes. Right. And I haven't sunk to the bottom yet. Right. And it was just like, oh, I guess I'm treading water. Right. <laughs> but it was like the time where it's I scary. wasn't drowning and someone was trying to teach me while I was drowning how to tread water. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very it's, freaky and it's like 80% of the earth, 70%. And it's like <laughs> freer than space. And you start thinking about space. 
Yes. And how there's no end. I want to go to space. Do you? Yes. So if you could be on one of the first flights to Mars. Or like five. Oh, yeah. I would never try. come back. Would you oh, do I don't it? think I could do that. So, but you'd like to do like I would like to go to the space. moon for, what is it, like $200,000 on Virgin now? They can oh. let you go up for like 200 something. Really? Yeah. All right. You could pay for that and we'll do it. We'll fact check that, but yeah. Yeah, we'll fact check it. <laughs> I would love to visit the moon. It'd be really interesting. Um, just to see Earth. Actually, I don't think they can go to the moon. It's like just yeah, to that. in the atmosphere. The atmosphere, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. see the Earth. I yeah. mean, there's no way they could go on the moon right now. But, but that's, I would like to go to that, the moon. I could, I could see that being appealing, yeah. Right. Um... What's been your proudest moment? Proudest moment? Man, I feel like I don't think about this at all, so I can't tell you. <laughs> Maybe having a kid? Is that what everyone should say? <laughs> <laughs> or giving a talk about having a kid? Giving a talk about having a kid? I feel like I have a lot of proud moments. And I, 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 I just think they kind of all, I think that's why I'm a confident person is because I make myself proud all the time. <laughs> that's so good. Because I think, like, that was a thing. Let's go back to talking about me running a half marathon, um, which, you know, was a new development since last season. Uh, but after doing that and something I didn't think I could do, I was just like, oh, it's really nice to give yourself opportunities to be proud of yourself. Yeah. Um, and doing something that either scares you or puts you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for that, like, for the last 100 meters of that, uh, and the feeling I got to see a finish line after, like, months of training, I was like, oh, right. all of this is worth it. And I think it's nice if there's anything that's kind of scaring you mm-hmm. <laughs> to go and just put it out there and, and tackle right. it. It just it, it's such a great feeling. And so if you're someone who is constantly giving yourself opportunities to be proud of yourself, yeah, like you're gonna have a lot of self love and you're gonna have you know, a lot of confidence. And that's a that's a really healthy. I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud of incredible. the self love for sure. Yeah, and I think it's because I kept a journal for um, the past five years. Really? So I've been jotting down like negative and positive feelings. And anytime I go back to that, I, I, I realize moments that I'm proud of and moments that I'm not proud of. And just like learning from that has taught me a lot of self-love. But I do realize I haven't written in a while. So like recently, I, I definitely am going to go back and record down things I am proud of. Yeah. Because I haven't done that in a while. That's good. Yeah. Um, what would Shauna from five years ago think of Shauna today? Like, wow, you have a fucking kid. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Five years ago, I definitely didn't even want to have a kid right. at all. I was like, I'm going to just do this forever and have fun. Mm-hmm. And Go to raves. Yeah, go to raves. Like, whatever. <laughs> travel, party. Like, very, you know, hedonistic slash self, you know, freed, freedom. Mm-hmm. Which I, I totally still enjoy. I mean, when yeah. was an accident. A really great accident, uh-huh. <laughs> but definitely not planned. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a situation where I'm like, I'm going to go for it because it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. But five years ago, I would never see me in this situation, this space. Yeah. And it's great. I like that. Well, and I think you you haven't lost that spirit either. Yeah. And so it's finding ways to incorporate that into, uh, into who you are now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I think the five years, I like that five-year thing. You always have to think about that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a... What would five years ago today oh, you man. would think about yourself today? Well, let's see. I'm about to turn 40. I was 35. I, well, I always have this joke that I've said many times on Overshares that I spent 36 years not feeling feelings. Um, and I hadn't been in touch with how I 
the stuff I've gone through in my life and I mm-hmm. hadn't gone to Al-Anon and I hadn't gone mm-hmm. to therapy mm-hmm. or had maybe just started going. So like I never would have been able to start this podcast or start doing talking right. not talking right. or have open conversations about what I'm struggling with with casual acquaintances. Right. Uh, and it just has unlocked my life in a, like a crazy, crazy way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's so, a proud thank moment. Thank you. Or achievement. Well, it, well, because it's stuff that I ran from, like right. running from feelings and emotions and, and struggles. And, you yeah. know, like I, I didn't want conflict. Like right. my MO is to be like the peacekeeper. Are and you the a entertainer. Libra? Uh, Gemini. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a, but for me, I just didn't even know what was possible until yeah. I actually like tapped into the shit that I I'm was the same way. A- avoiding. I would say five years ago, I was also running away from. Mm-hmm. feeling myself mm-hmm. and yeah opening up that like understanding of how you feel and your experiences has really changed like I remember things now whereas mm-hmm. when I think about my early 20s and mid-20s I don't remember a lot yeah and I think it's because I was running away yeah it's crazy well, and, it's, and it's looking for distractions yeah um and yeah. I think like when you start to prioritize yourself start to prioritize friendships and relationships yeah things become so much richer. Like, and that's the thing is like, I started talking about, you know, I can easily talk about now growing up in alcoholic household or going through divorce or all of these things that I've learned with like someone I just met. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of it. And I'm not, and I think the biggest thing with all of this, when we talk about cultural expectations Mm -hmm. or expectations on motherhood is getting past the shame Mm -hmm. that people put on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 be af- being afraid and thinking you're not supposed to talk like this or you're not supposed to act like that. Right. And right. it's just like fuck it. Like yeah. Just not giving a shit makes such a. <laughs> it, it's hard. It, well, and also it it's takes a, time. It takes time. Yeah. To be confident enough in yourself to know exactly. Like, I don't really care if someone judges me on this. Right. And I can say it on a podcast because right. nobody's listening. <laughs> but at the same time, you're a kind, compassionate person, which you know that's really important too to have that and to not give a shit. You know, yeah. like there's people who don't give a shit and they're like terrible people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's also that. <laughs> That's the counter there. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, two more questions. Uh, what is success to you? Success is constantly changing for me. Um, but for now, I think maintaining a balance is successful. Mm-hmm. I think having fulfillment through work, family, social, and self. Those are four big areas right now that I'm working with and to maintain satisfaction in all four areas is very successful to me. Yeah. That is success. Yeah, if you can pull that off, that's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, and I want to carry that through, but we'll see. I know that, you know, it's not easy, but... Yeah. And every day, every day is not going to be the same. But, exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, and finally, how are you feeling right now? I feel good. I just had some coffee, <laughs> drink some water hydrated you made it through a podcast interview and didn't cry no i did not cry i didn't cry either i haven't cried in a while which i really miss crying well is there something a while should we just talk about something that'll make you cry right (laughs) i think i have to watch like dumbo or some like movie that makes me sad that like makes no sense like like the part where dumbo's mom swings dumbo outside the cage oh my god oh anyway on that note Everyone's just, just going to have a good Bye. cry on Dumbo. Uh, Everyone Shana, should go watch Dumbo. Thank you so much for thank doing Thank you this. for having me. Yeah, we're ex- that excited was fun. to have you. Yay, we did it. Yay. Uh, I would high-five you, but coronavirus. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. I have a hand stand. Thank you so much for doing this, Shauna. Really appreciate your candor and humor and reminding us of how sad and depressing Dumbo is. Uh, I 
I know I'm going to go find that clip now and get really bummed out. But uh, thank you for being a part of this first episode of season three. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. If you enjoyed the conversation, which I'm assuming you did, you've listening this long, please subscribe, subscribe, please subscribe, rate and review us uh, to help other people discover the podcast. And also we've got all sorts of clips and sound bites on our Instagram feed at Overshare Talks. Uh, if you could share that with the world, with your people, uh, and really help us get the word out. And we really, we really want other creatives to benefit from this. So uh, any, any way you could share this and get it in front of other folks, we'd really appreciate it. Also, huge thanks to our audio engineer, Jesse Peterson, and the team at Second Child in downtown New York City, who hosted us in their beautiful podcast facility all of last season, and will be hosting us this season as well. They're amazing. Also, thank you to Moira Spahich, our producer. We have a producer now. Uh, I was basically doing this, uh, producing this by myself with the help of Gabby uh, last couple seasons, and uh, you know our, our team chipped in, but it's it's a it's a lot to do so 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 thankful to have Moira on the team and helping out making this happen this season uh it's allowing us to level up and and do episodes every week instead of every two weeks so uh Moira your champ also uh thanks to Eugene Ong for capturing the video of the interview for our YouTube which you can find it on there uh to see what Shauna and I look like as we're talking with headphones on also thanks to Eugene and Gabby D'Amato for the branding the new overshare branding uh, that you can find on our Instagram as well. And our theme song is Let It Grow by Caleb Grow. Now, if you're a creative or hire creatives, and I'm talking about like just if you're a regular creative, if you're an incredibly talented, amazing creative person, or you like to hire those types of creative people, please join us at Working Out Working. We would love to have you. Uh, WorkingOutWorking.com. Uh, you can go on there and, and and make a profile and get hired by some of the most incredible companies in the world. Apple, Google, Facebook, Airbnb, Droga5, Wyden and Kennedy uh, all use us to hire for freelance and full-time roles. So if you want to be hired by one of those companies or you want to hire the talent that works at those types of companies, please join us, workingnotworking.com. And that is all we've got for this episode. And we will be back next week uh, if you're listening to this the day we release it. Otherwise, you can find more episodes, but we will be out every Monday morning uh, for the, at least the next foreseeable future. We've got a lot of episodes lined up and a lot of great conversations that we're excited about. So uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Thanks. <laughs>